Hello and welcome back to the Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And this week, the fix is in. And pro tip, you should probably tell all the people that need to be involved yes. that the fix is in fact if in. nothing else. I, I don't think this is a thriller that would be improved by cell phones necessarily. I think that clear communication skills would help everyone in this story. We should say we're watching. We watched the setup, mm-hmm. nineteen forty nine, directed by Robert Wise, yes. starring Robert Ryan. I apologize to everyone for my speech impediments. <laughs> so the, that was rough for me. Thanks for sticking with. Uh, so this movie you uh-huh. put on the list. Yes, I had never even heard of this movie before. It's very brief, seventy two minutes. Mm-hmm. It's. Almost in real time. Yes. Not quite, but it's close. one of the first films to attempt real time. And um, it uh, that was, I believe, it was Robert Wise's idea mm. to do it. And uh, there's a constant flashing back to clocks, both inside the stadium and also in the opening scene in the bedroom. We get a, a flash of the clock, and that tells us um, what we're in for, frankly. It starts at 9.09 and ends at 10.16. 9.09, 10.16, that's pretty close. Yeah, and it was the first time. It's actually less time One of the, the first movie. times. Um, and also, the the only other film to attempt that at the time was High Noon. Which was High Noon, right, later. which we watched before. Yeah. I did not know until just right now that this is based on a poem. Yes, it's based on a poem. Is it like Casey at the Bat? Is it that kind of poem? It's, yes, it's a book-length narrative poem. Oh, okay. Uh, written by Joseph March, and so not uh, Casey the Bat wasn't that long. No, it's he wrote another a poem that I had read uh, called "The Wild Party," about a Hollywood party that gets completely out of hand and people wind up murdered. That itself was turned into a film. Well, that sounds bad. Um, a Merchant Ivory film, as a matter of fact, Ooh, one of the very early movies. I don't know if I've ever seen a Merchant Ivory film. Uh, Room with a View or any of those? Mm, I don't think so. They did a number, well, they did different kinds of films, but they're most famous for doing these period pieces, adaptions right. of Ian Forster. Right. And also, so they did one by John Masters, I think. Fancy people. The Deceivers. Fancy things. Right. But, like, dark. Howard's End, I believe, dark. is a Merchant yeah. Ivory film. So I haven't oh, seen that either. Like, there's, I know, the list, mm. I'm like, this is names of films that I know. And I haven't watched zero of them, so that's on me. Anyways. Yeah, so it was written, uh, it was based on this book-length narrative poem. Uh, The differences were, in the poem, uh, our main character is black. Oh, interesting. It was written in 1928. It was bought as an option to be a film. They changed the ethnicity of the character, which the author really didn't care for. Yeah, I Because he was inspired by by a painting of a black boxer who's staring into a ring, the center of the ring, while his manager is sort of laying on the rope smoking a cigar. Uh, interesting. And so he felt that image was strong enough that he could base a story around it. Uh, and so when he saw the differences in the film, he was very disappointed. I'm not sure that it was, in this case, necessarily a bad thing. No, we do see a very good black fighter. Right. Well, we and don't see him fight. But um, he does win. We do right. know that he wins. In in that particular case, though, uh, uh, with the author's uh, objections, he felt that uh, there was no reason to change the ethnicity of the character. I agree with but that. But he also uh, agrees that in his epic poem, the manager character who sells 
um, in that case, what was his name? I know it's very different in that uh, the character that, that Robert Ryan plays is not as sympathetic. Oh, really? He, uh... he uh, is a bigamist, I think. And the story ends with him being run down by a, a, a car on the street. Damn! And so he dies, but he, he has a lot of things that aren't as... You know, he's a person who has all the talent, but is not going to get an opportunity because he's African-American. And so in the course of the story, he actually beats the young opponent, very much like in this film. Right. And, uh, and then loses the bet and he winds up, or discovers... I'm not sure if it's Im- implied or that he knew about this, the fix. But one of the things that improves on the original story is that uh, the manager character is Jewish and he's played that way, despite the fact that the poet himself, uh, Joseph March, was really angry at the accusations of anti-Semitism because he was very much, his political leanings were very left. I mean, if you're going to write a poem in 1928 with a black... Mm-hmm. Lead, right? Unless you're black yourself, right? Probably, but unless it's like you know, it was some sort of that was an interesting read because as I researched more into that particular story, he felt like at the time, at first he was defensive. Well, why can't the the villain be Jewish? Because he knew a lot of Jewish managers, or he knew people like this. He's basing it on these people that he knew, right? But he said in retrospect, now he goes, I couldn't write that now because rightfully so, it's considered anti-Semitic, right? Because a generation of people who lived away from these tropes have looked at it and said, oh, no, no, this, is, this isn't right because the one Jewish character you have is singled out uh, as being, you know, following all the sort of stereotypes about being penurious and scheming and things like that. Um, the screenplay itself, though, was written by Art Cohn, uh, who was the, uh, for, I believe it was 18 years, he was the sports editor and sports writer for the Oakland Tribune. Hey, I know that paper. Right. Which I used to get sent to my house when I was a kid. Yeah. And if we still have the Tribune Tower in downtown Oakland, a few, not very few miles from where we are right now. Yeah. So he was for, for almost two decades. He was a sports writer. And one of the interesting things I saw in doing research was an introduction for this film from um, TCM. Uh, and the host there is talking about how his father was covering boxing in San Francisco, Eddie Mueller, and that in Oakland, Art Cohen was the guy who covered all the boxing stories. Oh, interesting. And so some of the background characters in this film that we'll be describing are actual regulars who used to hang around interesting. in Some of them Oakland. are so sad. Yeah, but the blind guy was a real guy. That's not who I think is sad. I know. I, know. <laughs> um, I gotta say too that the so our main character is Stoker Thompson, thirty-five mm-hmm. year old boxer. He's about to fight a twenty-three year old named Tiger Nelson, who is mobbed up, right. as they say. And he's got like a like a ringman and like I guess is his agent. His agent mm-hmm. is tiny, played by George Tobias, who looks exactly like a character actor that I cannot figure out and it is killing me it's like if y'all look at him and then tell me who he looks like because I can't even think of a movie that this dude is in because he's in a bunch 
but he is a character actor. Mm-hmm. And I do not know his name, but he looks just like George Tobias. Uh, and then who's the little one? Is it Wallace Ford? No, no, no Wallace it's Ford Percy is, Houghton. Which is really strict to me. And this will be a very unflattering description, but it's meant to be that because this is a noir film. Oh, fair enough. He looks like someone shaved piglet. Yeah. Or stripped him He's very, of his also, outerwear. And, it is July in wherever Paradise City is. Uh-huh. Is it Detroit? I don't even know. But uh, it's hot, y'all. It is. Everyone is shiny. Everybody is so shiny in this movie. Um. When we open, we don't start with seeing Stoker. We start with seeing his his manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we start by seeing poor Bat out front trying to sell the um, oh, Bat. like the fight. What what are they called? Like um, the publication for the fight, right? And he like gives the stats of the the b- before the internet. You you bought when you went into this place, and they. Run these really late night, yeah, boxing, and it's a very low end boxing too. Yeah, uh, like Stoker's fight is after the main event, and right. I'm like, isn't the main event last? Isn't that the whole thing? Like, you want to get people to stay for all the fights? Why wouldn't you put the main event last? I didn't understand it. Um, but there's this guy Bat, and he's very clearly like. An ex-boxer who has right. been punched in the head too many times, and I can't. <laughs> it makes me. This so is why, sad. and we'll discuss it later. Why you can never see Requiem for a Heavyweight because that's yeah, pretty much what that you, film like, is about. I'm never no, you watch as that good as that like, film is, you can't watch it. But um, one of the things that Eddie Mueller says is that if there is an official sport to film noir, it's boxing. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's just, these people are so hard up, and yeah. they're so up against it, and they're You hear what they're going to make, their and it's oh, God, yes. so little. I mean, it's it's big in 1948, mm-hmm. but it's not brain damage big. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. It's not retire by 35 big, because that's the thing. Stoker is over the hill yeah. in, in the sport. Um, and he's taking a nap, and his wife's up there, and she's... When he wakes up, I'm like, how do you take a nap right before you... Whatever. Also, it's very hot, and he's wearing a lot of clothes, but it's fine. Uh, his wife wants him to stop. I guess they have this fight on the reg. Right. And she's like, last time, it took you two hours. Like, two hours after the fight, you still didn't know who I was. Like, he mm-hmm. isn't... He's he's getting to to that, you well, know, the first traumatic thing, brain injury. Red and... Uh, red oh, right. And... Um, when Tiny. Tiny have this discussion. That's right. He's like, oh, where is he? He's taking a nap. Doesn't he get enough of those in the ring? In the ring, yeah. So he's not so as successful as he could be. we find out that Tiny has made a deal with Tiger's mob connection, mm-hmm. uh, whose name is... Little Boy. Little Boy, which is wild. The deal is that Stoker uh, goes down in the third round. These are It's a four-round fight which seems like a weird number of rounds, like shouldn't it be odd, but that's fine. He's supposed to go down in the third round. And Red is like, shouldn't you tell him? And Tiny is like, no, he loses on the reg. It's fine, because Tiger is going to pull his punches and keep it going Mm -hmm. until the third round and then take him out. Now, 
and and Tiny is like, no, I don't want to tell him. No, I don't want to tell him. And Red is like, you should really tell him. Uh, and they chose not to tell the fighter who was supposed to go down in the third round to go down right. in the third round. Which shows a great deal of faith. They have so faith there. so much. But Stoker is like, no, I'm going to... I'm going to win. Like, I'm going to win this fight. And that's when we see, you know, he, that's what he's trying to convince Julia of is. I'm going to win. He could then, if he wins tonight, he could get a top spot in the next fight, which will uh, a fight which would pay $500 or $600. $500 could allow them to buy a cigar stand or invest in another boxer and start a new life. And Julie's like, I would rather you be alive than us have this money. Once again. The idea that five hundred dollars is life changing amount of money is right, and especially wild. now <laughs> when you're looking at it, there's a there's a scene later on where Julie's out buying him dinner. Yeah, or yeah. she's buying dinner oh and she's God. taking it home in a bag. She gets two burgers, two cans of soup, two beers. Uh-huh. It's a dollar thirteen, a dollar sixteen with she tax. Complains. And she goes. Well, what did she say? Oh, for a dollar sixteen, you're not going to throw in a floor show. A like, floor show. That's <laughs> everyone's a smart ass in this film. Like, Another hallmark of film noir. Yeah, I find Julie to be deeply unlikable. Yes. So I was just like, right off the beginning, uh, I didn't like her. Um, the fact that he leaves, she leaves her seat empty, even though she's never mm-hmm. not shown up makes me like her less. And the last line of the film makes me want to punch her in the fucking face. (laughs) Robert Ryan is a really good actor. He's so good. I've never seen him before that I'm aware of. And we're going to see another, because he'll, he, uh, as uh, Eddie Mueller also brings up, he creates some of the more sadistic villains in films. Really? He's very sweet. But he's a very decent guy here. And the, the one he's begging her to take this ticket yeah. that he, he held a ringside ticket for her. Yeah. And she just won't take it. And she we later see her rip it up and throw it um, Yeah, over over a like a like an overpass. Like a commuter train that there's like yeah, a train. Yeah, there's a train's underneath. going underneath and then she's And it's just it's heartbreaking because he really does want to And he someone. we keep seeing him look out and right. then we just see the empty seat. Yeah. Um I will say, so it's serious, right? There's right. a film noir, money's on the line, mob involved. There are bits in this movie. Oh, yeah. There are like, there are like at least two, just comedic bits in this movie. And I don't. I think one of them is intentional, and the other one I don't know if it is <laughs> intentional. Um. So during the actual fight, well, we see him in the in the training room or in the mm. warm up room, and that's where the we, green room, or which whatever. is interesting. I I think those scenes are dramatically some of the most compelling scenes in the For entire sure. movie. Yeah, because you're seeing these guys, and again, what there's like. Four or five like, titles in the world, yeah. really, um, that right. they're, they're aiming for. And all these guys are so hard up, they're going to take yeah. the risk of getting their brains beaten out to get those titles. Yeah, there's like six dudes right. back there. Um, the two that I remember particularly are the the, the tall black... Luther um, Hawkins, and that's played by James Edwards. Oh, who and it's a great pity that he did not come a few years later mm. and become someone on the the level of like Sidney Poitier, mm-hmm. who really was the breakthrough actor because he's really good. And he was, yeah, he was good even in this. I saw him in a Tarzan movie once. He's playing a native chief, oh. um, but he was really good in it. Mm-hmm. 
And we're going to see him again. We're going to see him play oh, cool. a character in the in uh, the Stanley Kubrick film we're going to watch. The oh, okay. Then I have seen him before, but I don't. Yeah, right. I don't but he's he's also we've seen him. He's it's interesting because he just blends in. He, we've seen him before also in. Um, he is the one of the men in the Manchurian Candidate. Okay. Raymond oh. Shaw is the kindest, most yeah, that's yes. him. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know who he looks like is like a, like a Harry Belafonte if he got stretched like right. halfy. He's very tall, very kind of athletic. Obviously, in real life, he was a lieutenant in the in the army, I think. Um, and he was called on a lot of times to be the black sidekick to a white hero in films. Yeah. And but in the fifties. Having that kind of level of integration, you see it in this film too. That was a step up from what they had been doing before. Uh, anyhow, I am trying to gunboat. Oh, that's God, the other one. David Clark is Gunboat Johnson, and he is heartbreaking. He's got to be older than Stoker, or uh-huh. at least he's wearing his age well worse than right. than Stoker. He looks like he's maybe my age, mm-hmm. like forty three, forty four. Um, and he, he just keeps, like, he keeps saying, what, 21, 21, right, mm-hmm. Stoker, 21, 21, and he's talking about how the, I guess it's the current heavyweight champion, or a recent one, had lost 21 fights in a row, and then became the right. champion. And the thing is, you could do that back then. Sure. Because boxing was a circuit, right? Yeah. So people just went from town, and and his wife, um, Julie. Julie. She who should remain her name. Um, she that. travels the to all these small town venues. I mean, the venue that they're in in this as this film starts is so low end that yeah. <laughs> the next day they're going to have a wrestling match. The end of the week, it's right. Friday. They're going to have wrestling with uh, live, live fish, fish in the ring. In the ring, which I don't know if that means they're going to fill the ring with water and wrestle in there, or if they're just going to throw some floppy live fish up there right. and die on the... Like, I don't understand. Either way, it's <laughs> not good. It's humiliating. Um, so... Uh, we were talking about the green room. Yeah, Gunboat goes out, mm-hmm. and he loses his fight, unsurprisingly. He's brought back unconscious, right. um, laid out on the table... The doctor comes over and is like, I can't help him. you got to get him to a hospital. Like, that's mm-hmm. how bad it was. Um, Hawkins goes out. I think he's the title fight, right? Or he's the, mm-hmm. the main event fighter. And he wins. Um, he gets a good luck on the way out and then, you know, says that he won to Stoker as Stoker's going out yeah. after him. And he was like, hey, good luck. Like, he's so sweet. I was just yeah. like, oh. Well, yeah, Stoker, the, there's a, he even gives him a wink. Yeah. Like he, one of the things I liked about this film is that there isn't a difference between the black boxer and the white boxers. And, you know, there's, we're getting all these character bits. And then again, it's something that uh, when you become familiar with film noir, noir you yeah. see a lot of everyone gets a little bit to yeah. run to their character. Of, yes. Gunboat is heartbreaking. He's so sad. And at first... Um, Stoker doesn't want to talk to him because there's like a... It's like, a, he's like bad luck. Right, there's like, and this doesn't sound awful, but like the stink of failure. Yeah. And he also, you can tell Robert Ryan's performance is really good because he's looking at this guy saying, this is what Julie thinks of is going to happen, or thinks of when she sees me. Right. She sees this as this. my future. I'm right. going to be this guy Which... who 
I mean, it could happen. If two, if he had to go two, or if he went two mm-hmm. hours after his last fight and didn't know who his wife was, right? Yeah, that's the path that he's on. I mean, realistically, right? But uh, it's just, yeah, that that. But he says a fighter's got to fight, right? And we get to the the young kid who throws up when he. Yes, <laughs> he sees somebody come back just <laughs> fucked up, and he like runs away and they're like what's up with him he's like first professional right fight. and he looks like he's wearing like a i want to say like a varsity jacket at the beginning yeah he's a kid there's the the guy in, in gumbo part of the tragedy of this story he goes out in what looks like this ratty bathrobe that's what that's he has right. it's everything about him is heart it's just so sad yeah i hope he didn't die <laughs> well that's it the film was yesterday. You're still wondering what happened to Gunboat. There should be. <laughs> we do see like a film about Gunboat. <laughs> well, no, that's uh, I can't. Um, we see Julie at various points. She leaves. She thinks about going. She tears up the ticket. She's walking past um, like a newsstand, and they're playing the fights. And she hears that somebody got knocked out, and she's like stops and freezes. And then they say who it is, and she like. Like visibly relaxes, and the fucking dude that runs the newsstand is like, too, you know, too violent for you. And she's just like, she walks on. Um, then we go back to now. Stoker's gonna take the, take the ring, right? Right. And he comes in first, and uh, Tiny and Red are there. Red is still like, Tiny, you should fucking tell him. He doesn't swear. Right. He's like, you should tell him. You should tell him. Uh, and. I want. I do want to say, Red, probably a foot, and, uh, a head and a half shorter than Tiny. <laughs> like, Tiny is named like little boy is named. We're just like just throwing out things that don't are not accurate. We see Stoker look to the stands, and his wife isn't there. Right. We just keep. We go back to that scene or like that shot like three times. Uh, then these are the bits. Here are the bits that I'm going to tell okay. you. One, there is a dude in the audience. He is. Well fed, we'll say that. He's a big dude. And you keep hearing them, like the the vendors yelling out what they're selling. And so they go back to him. He's eating a hot he gets a hot dog handed down to him. That's the right. first time we see him. Then the next time we see him, he's eating a burger. Then the next time we see him, he's eating ice cream. And you hear the dude yelling peanuts. Yeah. And I'm like, well, the next time we see him, he's definitely gonna be eating peanuts. And guess what? Peanuts. Yeah, it's it, a big even, dude in a striped shirt and a boater hat. He's shot from a low angle, which makes him even, even like, like fill up the screen, yeah. kind of. It's yeah. not flattering, but that bit is funny, right? And again, these are actual people that right. used to hang around uh, in Oakland and in San Francisco. Everyone uh, who went to the fights would recognize these people. Mm-hmm. That's how. That's right. There's right. another dude in the audience who is blind, uh-huh. and he is. He has a a friend there, like telling him what's happening, and he he's like super bloodthirsty. Like right. every time he hears that something really fucking violent happened, he's like, "Good." <laughs> I was like, "Ooh." Uh, the other person who's bloodthirsty is a woman who outside had said, uh, "I had to cover my eyes almost the whole time last time." Whatever, right. and then in but in the in the actual event, she's just like. Kill him. Finish him. Like she's, yeah, she's so, screaming. She's so, yeah. 
Don't, yeah, the, don't stop. This like, is the successor to the woman who like cheered when the lions ate the Christians. You know, she's yeah, that level yes, of bloodthirsty. It was, it was wild. I was just like, ooh. Uh, and then the other sort of ebullient uh, member of the audience is Little Boy's uh, Mall. Is right. that what she'd I be guess um, That's the polite word for whatever uh, she is. And she like stands up and screams about, you know, and she's making bets. Him, finish and, him. And yes, and trying to make bets. Oh, and there's one of the, the guy with the radio. Who's listening to a baseball game the entire time? That's another bit too. He's got yes, he's listening to a baseball game right. on like a like just a handheld like transistor radio, like, like a transistor old radio. school transistor radio, and and watching the fight at the same time. I'm just like, you might be an addict because right. you know he's got money on both of these things. Uh, but the other bit that I wrote, yeah, he was mm-hmm. a bit too. So is the blind guy. That's a bit. The the other one that I noticed was Red has. You know those swabs that they swab usually with Vaseline. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they use then um, during the during the when your uh, face gets open, they congeal it. So, so it you have these swabs. They're like a face. Q-tip, but they're sort of football shaped. Uh-huh. And he's got one in his mouth, and then the next time we see him, he's got two in his mouth. And the next time we see him, he's got three in his mouth. And I'm just like, is this? Are they doing this on purpose, <laughs> or is it just that he's nervous? I think that he it it. That was on purpose. Robert Wise began his career as an editor for Val Luton, uh, the producer who did all these, you know, amazing horror films. Uh, so as an editor, that's the kind of thing he paid attention to. Yeah. And so there's little in jokes he throws in. So like for such like a serious, and it is like exciting because time uh-huh. is going. I also like. I particularly like to watch staged boxing uh-huh. because I'm like. Well, they're not going to die. Right. And, like, nobody's actively getting hurt. I mean, they're hurting each other, mm-hmm. but not to the extent that boxing is. I can't watch that anymore. I did. We used to watch W right. um, or MMA. Um, oh, and then you see the guy that you really like just getting clobbered yeah. r- mercilessly. Yeah, or people who are very good doing a thing, and then all of a sudden they are broken. Right. Was it Spider? That broke oh, his, yeah. just kicked somebody and his leg just snapped. Yeah. It was not okay. And he, the, <laughs> the fact that the second after uh, he, this is Anderson Silva, he kicks a guy, he uses a shin kick, and it breaks his leg in half in the shin. In the, yeah, his, both he, of the, yeah. yeah both he of steps the, back trying to recover his balance, but he doesn't seem to realize oh, that his, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not okay. Dangling, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that yeah was... he broke both of the bones in his shin. And I'm just like, you are too tall and thin to be doing that right. move, apparently. Oh, but what a terrible way to find out. Ugh. Uh, so, yeah, and, you know, sometimes there were fighters that would just lay on somebody, and I was like, this is, I don't know what this is, but it's not, it's not interesting. Uh, but boxing, it just felt, it feels right. too viscerally violent for me to watch. Watch it, do mm. it, that's fine, but I can't. But I like watching it in movies. Well, these days, the payday seems to be much bigger, so oh, for sure. you can retire, right? Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. more circuits that pay more. Right. That's the other thing. But there are still a lot of... It's just like in MMA, mm-hmm. when we watch the show, like the you know Big Brother, but was that for right. MMA? You just hear about these people who are like, oh, there's nothing oh, uh, where I'm from. Nate Diaz and his brother, yeah. right? Or DS. Basically, anybody from right, Brazil. Right, but they, they were two guys who went training because the trainer would feed them. 
Yeah. He'd get them like a burrito or something yeah. off a taco truck that was parked in the parking lot if they came to the gym every day. Yeah. And it's like, that's how bad it was. Yeah. Like, no, I was training because I wanted to eat. I needed to this eat. guy was going to give me, you know, like give me food if I went and trained every day because he saw the potential. And so, yeah, there's still people who are just yeah. up against it like that. Yeah. And this is a weird tangent, but don't tell me that sex work is selling your body and this isn't. Right. Well, or work, equally, work doing equally any kind there's of... There's equal potential for permanent damage. Right, in both but ways. any any yeah. sort of mining, mm -hmm. um, even what you were doing, moving right. stuff, like factory work, like all of that is selling your body. Right. In, no, I, in I, a I form or, agree with that. So it's yeah. just like, how are we going to... Hmm. How many of these things can you lift over the course of your lifetime oh. before it starts breaking you down? Yeah. And, and you know... Uh, what is it, double-A mm -hmm. sports teams that yeah. are, you know, constantly trying to get to the payday, but they're making, you know, $25,000 a year or whatever. Yeah. Like, sad. Uh, so I, I will say the other good thing about this movie the, the, that makes mm. it a little bit thrilling or quite thrilling is the percentage of film that is fight. <laughs> yes. Especially compared to what do we watch? A Raging Bull, Rocky. Mm -hmm. Those movies are maybe 10% fight. Raging Bull even less probably. Right. Raging Bull was not about the fights as much as it was about this guy. Yeah. And his his quest Sa for glory. Same thing with Rocky. Right. Just at the beginning, and not This at film the end. has a lot more in common with Rocky because it's also about a guy who's just like, this is my self-respect. But yeah. this is the... With Stoker, this is really the end, and he sees it coming, and mm -hmm. he has to... He's like, if I, right. if not now, then never. Yeah. So and I the fight is really brutal. They're, it is, yeah. It's, it's hard. But he, he keeps it up. He, uh -huh. he gets some good licks in, round one. Um, he keeps it going in round two. Mm -hmm. uh, and you see Tiger's sort of uh, corner men saying... You know, you just gotta keep it up through another. Because at the mm -hmm. end of round one, he's like, "I want to just take him out," and they're like, "No, no, no." Yeah, the agreement is that he's gonna get, to, he's gonna carry Stoker for the first two rounds and then drop him in the and third. And then drop him in the third. But no one told Stoker that. Nobody so told he's, Stoker that he's fighting to prove something to the wife that refuses to come and sit. Right. <laughs> but awesome. also, he's been saying, mm -hmm. "I feel like I can do it." Like right. in his body, yeah. he feels like he can do it. So they get through round three to everyone's consternation, except Stoker. And he goes to the corner. And, and Bat, like, who's cheering him on. And Bat, who's cheering him on, because he's so sweet. Um, he goes to the corner, and they're like, hey, you got to go down. Like, right. You need to go down, because little boy has it set. You've got to go down. You know, And he's like, uh, nope. Right. <laughs> and at that point, Tiny and Red are like, oh, we're in trouble. And uh, he goes back in, just not... Just not having also, it. The, 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 what I liked also was the, the boxing style that he's using. He's a guy who just is wading into the punches. He looks like a guy who spent so much say time. repeatedly, right. stop putting your face in his glove. Like, stop Which You know that. when it's getting to you when you're, like, shouting commands Literally at the like, protect your face. It was the three of us <laughs> asking our other roommate, our housemate is wa watching this film. And we're all at some point or another just like giving him directions and going, okay, this is a movie made in 1948 or 49, 49 yeah. right? So it's, 
There's no way he could have heard us even at the time. No, but, but like, put your hands up. He keeps hitting, and that's his thing, it, his, is to take all this punishment and just to keep trying to get through it. Yeah. And there's low and blows delivered, there's rabbit punches getting through. Yeah. There's all sorts of nasty stuff. It was um, funny, because they say no rabbit punching at the beginning, and she's like, why is... Our roommate was like, why is that allowed? And I kind of had the same thought, because right. she thought it was just quick jabs like a <laughs> And you were like, no, 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 it's like... Like a hammer fist on the back of the neck. Right, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's like, not good. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's the, the the fighting scenes are really well done because you're just there and you feel after a while like, oh my god, it's almost exhausting. Yeah, you're in there with him, and we're seeing uh, the entirety of in the fight. Real like we're time. seeing a whole fight, right. and it goes. What is it? Fourth, three minute rounds. Right, and in the fourth round, Tiger is pissed mm -hmm. because he's and we should like, mention tiger comes in like gorgeous george in the old wrestling days he does, with yeah beautiful head of hair he's and, 23 right. to um stoker's 35 right uh, so that's not great being 150 no. percent as old as, <laughs> your, as your opponent is not great uh but yeah and tiger is mad and he's now he's fighting mad, which, right. don't do that. As we learned from yeah. Groundhog Day, don't do things mad. Driving, fighting, none of that shit, it's not gonna work. And, uh, he knocks, was it in the third round or the fourth round? Uh, Stoker gets knocked out. the third round, that Stoker gets knocked on twice. Yes, he gets knocked down the first time uh -huh. and gets back up at, like, four uh -huh. on the count. He gets knocked down the second time, and I think that's in the fourth round. Uh -huh. And he gets to ten. Right when he gets to ten, he's up, and he, like, pushes the ref out of right. the way. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's the end of the fight, sir. It should be, but you But then you hear the, whim, the fucking the right. woman, and they let him fight. <laughs> like, the, the, that is an interesting aspect to this, is these people look uh -huh. respectable. Right. And they are bloodthirsty as fuck. Well, and that's the, when you look at Gunboat and Bat and mm -hmm. the others, these are people who, if you, it, the impression is from the film, other than the facial scars, like yeah. Gunboat is really messed up. Yeah. They do give Robert Ryan some right, cauliflower ears. Yeah, he has ears. But aside from that, you talk to them, they, you would not guess this is what they do for a living. Now, the audience is really bloodthirsty, but the boxers don't seem to be. No. None of them is going this out is there for job. blood, right? Yeah. They're not going out there for blood. They're not out there for... Some Tiger sort of... starts going for blood at the end because he's like, mm -hmm. why the fuck right. hasn't he laid down? Right. Well, he thinks he's been double-crossed, but... That's right. We don't find out until the... Or Stoker doesn't find out until the third round that he's. it's time for yeah. him to lay down. It's like, he wasn't going to go for that anyhow. No, no. Because he clearly. has something to prove. Yeah. Um, although, I mean... Here's the thing about telling your fighter. Presumably at that point they also get some money. Right. And so you can understand why had they kept the original story and it was a Jewish manager, then that yeah, would really... Yeah, that's not great. And and this guy is an absolute and thorough cheat because he gives... Uh, what's his name? Uh, he gives Red? Yeah. He gives Red. He originally promised him 20 Now he's only going to give him $10. That's right. For... Of the, what is that? Right. 100 I think? They're going to... They're getting 100 or 120 something like that. Um, and he's getting 50 extra dollars or something to throw the fight? It's just... The, it's not... I mean, what that is sad. then is different than it is now, right, but, but it's still, still not... For the amount of 
punishment you're putting yourself yeah. through, it's not and worth the, it. Yeah, and the damage to somebody's career that you're yeah. fixing to do. Like, unless he becomes the guy that does the, right. that throws a fight, that only works so many times. Yeah. See Pulp Fiction. Um, and I think Pulp Fiction, as we time. saw, borrows from this because you're getting that guy who is supposed to throw the fight and he doesn't. Yeah. And he winds up, in that case, being made much later uh, and uh, made by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Um, he actually, you know, Butch kills his opponent yeah. in the ring. Yeah. Uh, and that becomes, you know, gets chased by Ving right. Rhames' character. And so I really thought, oh, you, you've seen this movie because you're doing it, but you're making it almost, you're carrying it to an unpleasant extreme. Oh, that's what Quentin Tarantino right. does. It's, you know, I can't. I am doing something right. somebody else did with more swearing and more blood. And just... And probably a rape. Or right, something. there's a male rape, there's a, although rape is rape, male or female, I guess. It's true, but... Uh, but there's just stuff in there's that There's something film. extra shocking, I think, to especially Quentin Tarantino's mm. audience, to having a male character rape, right. because they're like, wait, no. That and doesn't happen to us. It's a black man getting raped by a southerner who has yeah. a big Confederate flag on his Yeah. It's, so everything in that film is it various shades of bad taste, although the film itself. I don't works. want to believe that Quintantino is racist. But I see all this to the contrary. <laughs> right. But um, he also is the person who cast himself to call Sam Jackson the N word. Like. 40 times right. in a scene. Like, I, mm, it's fine. We're not talking yes, about we're him. we're talking about Quentin Tarantino. It's fine. Um, so. So Tiger and him, they're going at Tiger it. Tiger and him are going round. at it. He gets knocked down. He does get up uh, right at 10 and pushes the ref out of the way. And they go back at it. And he does knock Tiger out. Out, out. Out, out. Unconscious. At which point. Tiny and Red are already by the right. door because they're like oh, still no. turns around and they're 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 gone. And There's... we had heard earlier, like when his girl was um, making the mm -hmm. that's with the dudes in front of him, he was like, no, 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 because he she lost something to them, and she's like, well, it's not, you know, I'm not really gonna pay you, and she's like, he's like, no, 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 pay them. I don't like Welshers, and I'm right. like, oh no, yeah. uh, and then he. Goes back to the green room, um, at which point little boy comes in, shut, shut, uh, like, sh shoes the, the arena doctor. workers, the doctor, and the dudes that are just sitting there, like, mm -hmm. like they're, like the arena. You're like, blow, and they all go. Yeah, they, they know go, they he's don't like, walk up on your way out, um, and, you know, he basically is like, you know, we're not, this is not going to stand. <laughs> and then he leaves. And then Stoker is like trying to sneak out. He's going to all the exits because he's like, I don't want to go out there. They're going to kill me. And also, I'm tired and beat up. Like, he's not in. No, yeah. He's not in the to... condition to fight off these guys. He's just. Also, went... there's like four of them. Right. Well, Little Boy's not going to do anything. But there are three other. Well, of Little them. Boy does, as yeah. we find out. Yes. Much uh, to his regret, actually. Well, once you once you get held down, then right. he'll do something. But he's yeah, not no, gonna he's not a tough restrain. Yeah. But yeah, he can't he can't get away from him, them, and he gets uh, cornered in an alley, and they hold him down, mm -hmm. and then yeah, little boy breaks his hand with a brick. Now we should mention right before his that hand with a brick. Oh, and they beat punches. The he's punching because every he fights really as 
best you can, given yeah. the odds. Like, a, like an animal that's right. trapped. Because and he that's keeps knocking. What's his tiger down? Like, there he goes. Just keep hitting him. But unfortunately, there's too many of them, and they hold him all, you know, on his arms and legs. Yeah. So he has no ability, and little boy punches him in the face. Yeah. And then just right after, Stoker gets one arm free and just gives him a shot right across the face. Yeah. And makes him bleed. Yep. And that's when he winds up getting his hand shattered. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it would have gotten that bad had he not hit, but he, that's what he does. He's he's a fighter. He's going to fight. Yeah, he's and not going to stand there while down. this dude is just standing over right. him. That's not, especially because he's like, this dude's going to slit my throat. Like, right. I, I got to get out. I got to do something. They leave him and he like staggers out and it takes him like a minute and a half to right. stagger out. And we're watching in real time. Julie's up in their apartment. You know, making soup on a little hot plate, and she sees him, and she like runs down and she's screaming his name, and she's calling him Bill though because she mm-hmm. doesn't call him by his stage name, and she runs and she runs and he says, um, he, he she like scoops him up and she yells at people to call for help and mm-hmm. they say okay I'll do that like you hear it off 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 uh, screen. And uh, then he collapses into her arms and he says, I won tonight. And here's where Julie becomes the fucking villain. She says, yes, she answers. And she's like, she's got tears in her eyes and a smile on her Mm -hmm. face. And she said, you won tonight. We both won tonight. And I'm like, you're a cunt. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's, um... I get the sentiment. Keep, that is... That is the quiet part that you don't say out loud. I was like, oh, this bitch is... I know that that dude just broke this guy's hand and is Mm -hmm. the villain. This woman is the villain of his life. She comes across very unsympathetic. Oh, I didn't like her. Because her whole thing is, you know, she tells him earlier, oh, we can get a job, we can do this other... Here's here's why I have a problem with a character like that. It's like a cop's wife complaining that her husband's job is dangerous Uh after she married him after they were a cop. When you knew earlier, what the fuck you were saying. Early in the for. film, one of the first things in the film is watching people going up to the marquee and they see the fight card. Mm-hmm. Um, and one guy says, Stoker, you know. He's still alive. He, Stoker Thompson <laughs> is still fighting. I used to watch him when I was a kid. And his friend goes, you're that old? And just between so the two of them, know, like, he ooh. has been doing this forever. And like you said, that means that when they got married, she knew perfectly well what he did. And she is going on about how he could become go back to being a dock worker, go back to being these other things. This guy has a fight left in him, and she I really feel like she should have been there. Yeah. And so as she's because wandering around... Because it also did seem like he right. was like, if I don't win, yeah, that's, that's it, it. It's like one last score. But like if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Now... He may have had that... He may have said that a dozen right. times previously. And but, I appreciate the fact that, yes... Forgetting your wife's name yeah, for two hours is is you should understand right. that it is time to step down. But he really believed in, and that's the sad part. The only people who believed in him was the old pug who's selling out, you know, the fight cards before yeah, the fight. That. And then eventually the blind guy is shouting encouragement yeah. to him. Yeah, a bunch of people were against him at the uh-huh. beginning, and then as soon as he said they are fickle. Right. So they're just going to cheer for whoever is currently winning. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
if it means you're hurting the other one, I'm on your one side. Of the, one of the best depictions of this was a film that we didn't put on the list, which was Fearless, the Jet Li film. Uh huh. Where he fights his way to become the champion of you his. You mean Jet Li's Fearless? Yes. He fights to become champion of, uh, through all these challenge matches, and there's this sort of like, um, beggar who's all in rags, who's constantly cheering him on. When will he become the fighter, the champion of our province and whatever? And then near the end of the film, he realizes that that's the hubris that he was following was listening to this guy oh, yeah. who was possibly, he sounds like he has mental health issues in the, oh, near the no. end. And this is the guy who he's been listening to and he's wind up, you know, losing his family. He winds up, um, you know, uh, his family gets killed by one of his rival's uh, children. Uh-huh. He winds up killing a man in a combat and, and it, all this time he, there's a scene of recognition where he goes, this is what I was doing this for because this guy was cheering me on every time I went to fight. And so that whole kind of, it really comes across. And it, it does here too. It's like these people would cheer for uh, Tiger, what's his name? Tiger Nelson, given the opportunity. If he was winning the fight, they started with him and then uh-huh. they jumped to Stoker, but they'll be cheering on the wrestlers and the fishing, you know, with the, the live fish, live fish the next night. I'd, I'd, I'd go Although to that I'm curious just about seeing see, that fight. Right? What the hell do you mean by that? Are they hitting each other with mackerel? That would be... I mean... That would be interesting. Given the WWE, that wouldn't surprise me, but that right. didn't exist then. No. Neither is the WWE or the prior WWF. Right. Um, yeah, I don't... But I don't understand. On some level, that kind Although of... Although I have seen The Wrestler, so mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. There's there's all sorts of uh, levels of showmanship, and this was very low on the uh, on the level of, well, things that... You, it's just, like I said, in monumentally bad taste, a lot of it. All right. Thrilling, for yeah. sure. In real time. Yes. Boxing. Mostly. Yeah. It was mostly boxing. I don't know if it was mostly boxing. But it was like, well, let me see. Because there's a shot, like a time-by-time mm. thing. Um, between 9.35 and 10.10. Uh, 10.10 is when he gets beat. Mm. So 20 minutes of the movie or so. Right. Which is two-thirds uh, is fight. That's good. That's a good amount if you're going to make a movie about boxing. We love that. Yeah. Uh, and they get across it. Like, you care enough about the character. Like, right. I feel like in other boxing movies, they're like, wait, we got to give you a bunch of character stuff so you give a fuck about right. this guy. We give a fuck about this guy. Well, we know him for 20 minutes. Before and with he all apologies to, to for 30 minutes. Sylvester Stallone, that film took so long to get you to like this guy, as you're saying. This movie, right off the boat, you're on his side because you yeah. can read the desperation in Robert Ryan's yeah. performance. Like, I gotta do this. I gotta do this. I gotta. But also, something. like he, and I don't know if it's Robert Ryan or the or the direction mm. or the writing. He seems like an extremely decent dude, right. and you're just like, no, this is. Well, it's probably all three. You okay. have a world class director, a man who spent 18 years at a desk writing about boxers, so he knows that right. world. And you have Robert Ryan, who'd been a boxer. Oh, that's right. You did tell uh, he, me that. He was a collegiate boxer, and he had the skill set and everything. And so he, uh, and they were choreographed by, I guess it's uh, Johnny Andresano is the name of the, the person who staged, it, who was a former professional fighter, staged all the fights in the ring. So it just had this kind of real feel of, uh, I, was, I think I mentioned to you 
when we're in the, the green room, it's like I can smell that room. It, it smells like sweat and takam and all these other, like every other prep room for every other place I've been like that. So, yeah, it's a really very authentic, gritty feeling movie. Apparently it won at the third Cannes Film Festival, because mm-hmm. wow. this is how long ago it was, Best Cinematography, and then it won... This doesn't exist anymore, I don't believe. Um, I guess it'd be the film critics circle now, but the International Federation of Film Critics, Robert Wise won the best director. That's good. Yeah. So that's good. It, it definitely deserved it. Yeah. So that's good. It was good. We liked it. Yeah. It's very brief. You should watch it. Kind of wish we purchased it. That's fine. We rented it because well, uh, I mean, it's, we didn't catch I, it on TCM. It is on TCM <laughs> often enough. Either from Boxing Night or Robert Ryan Night, because he had a very long career. Or Robert Wise Night. Right, Robert Wise Night. <laughs> It'll turn up again. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, check it out. It's very good. Next week, uh, we're going from the inside to the outside, I believe. Yeah. We are watching The Wages of Fear about maybe an explosion. Who could say? That's sort of the whole point. Right. Maybe there's an explosion. Uh, so we're going to watch that. Is it in French or is it it's in all in of the languages? It's in French. It's in English. It's in Italian. It's in German. Cheers. Yeah. it's. I love a ca- closed captioning. And it's very, it's very film noir in that it's about a bunch of, frankly, losers who are stuck in the South America, unnamed South American country and that's run by an American oil company. And we're going to be seeing the cut that did not have 45 minutes of what American distributors felt was anti-American rhetoric against it. It's okay. not. It's essentially about a company that exploits people for profit, and that's not a situation that's changed much. Right. Um, especially in the South American country, all these people just are trying to get their ticket out also. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you're appreciating Film Noir is a really... I like it. Um, I know that black and white is an issue for you, but... I, it's not an issue for me. It mm. is, I gotta be in the... In the it's vibes. Mm-hmm. I gotta be in the right mindset because my brain will just go, "This is boring. I don't like it." Even though it's not boring, mm-hmm. and I do like it, it's just a right. a mindset thing. Which is, I, I, think, I feel the same way about like actual um, subtitled movies because right. I never want to watch anything dubbed. And we watch everything with captions, mm-hmm. but if the language is a language that I do not understand. I need to not be looking at other things. And right. for me, that is also a specific mindset. So there are just classified, classes of films. Also, like, people ask people, what's your favorite movie? And I'm just like, that's an insane question. Mm. What day of the week is it? What time of the day is it? How am I feeling? Did I take my meds yet? Am I? Do I want happy? Do I want sad? Do I right. want new? Do I want old? Do I want, like... like it's just it's a it's a bananas question. I can tell you the movie I've seen the most, but I don't right. think that that's probably my favorite movie. Uh, so yeah, because I think the movie I've seen the most is actually Aladdin because my brother watched that shit constantly <laughs> in the house because he was a kid. Next up, Wages of fear. fear. Do you have anything that you want to recommend? I. Think I... The things I want to recommend are things that we both discussed before, but we finally got to the end of them. 
Okay. Did we discuss Night Country? We didn't. I, I thought we did, or that we were discussing the prospects of watching Night Country. I think we were discussing the prospects of... And it turned out to be... So good. ...as amazing as this... Because in the beginning, you're walk, looking at it going, all right, it can only go downhill from here, and it didn't. It walked yeah. a tightrope. This is uh, the new uh, season of True Detective... Yeah which com- uh, concluded yesterday as of the time of this recording, a couple mm. of weeks ago by the time this airs, or, like, is released. Uh, so, yeah, it's good. Some it's... people didn't think it stuck the ending, and I'm like, oh, I think it uh, stuck the ending. what? And I think people were like, some of it's ambiguous. And I'm like, every plot point that was relevant got tied up. Right. Is there open-ended questions? Uh-huh, because that's true in... Literally everything, mm. but um, but there they weren't. It wasn't through the a flaw. No, it, it wasn't was through the fault of the writers. Yeah, it was made ambiguous because that's kind of the theme of this season. It's kind of the whole. It's, it's not she, just the theme of the season. Right. It's kind but of I the mean, theme in, of the whole last in this show. particular season. Are there or are there not ghosts? Does this yeah. woman not speak to the dead, or does she speak to the dead? Mm-hmm. Is she, all of these things are left to interpretation. Yep. And so basically, all of the supernatural right. elements are left but, to, is this because they're having, they have some sort of mm-hmm. like nighttime madness? Because the thing is, they've got a, what, 30-day night? Yeah. So that can lead to unwellness. And also there is severe trauma. Yes. To, like, every character in this mm-hmm. show had severe trauma. Either during the show or before it, like it's, during the. It's the very much, or... and you'll you'll draw a connection when you see the wages of fear. That this is how people survive at the very end of the world. Right. They're on a frontier. They're out in the utter darkness. They're being blasted constantly with this weather. Yeah. Um, there are things that are frozen there that never come unfrozen. Yep. And um, just the fact that people do have this kind of frontier way of living and thinking. Yeah. About. Uh, yeah, things that would not fly, not only that, would get you in horrible trouble here. Yeah, yeah. It's just how people survive and get along there. And just Jodie Foster, just Jodie Fostering all right. over the place. She's Amazing. still incredible. Yeah. Makes me want to watch Nyad even more. Her co-star, whose name I believe is pronounced Ka- uh, Callie Reese, mm-hmm. is a, uh, she's a boxer, actually. She's right. a professional boxer former world champion in two-way classes, and is indigenous. Uh, She's not indigenous to the area that they are, but she is indigenous to the Americas. Uh, But she's so good, and I really hope that we get to see more of her. She's really good. Uh, Christopher Eccleston, there's a scene He looked different but yeah and so much so that i didn't even recognize him at first and then i'm like oh my god doctor who is talking to clarice like there's a moment where you have oh okay that's that's me nerding out but john hawks yes is also good yeah he's amazing and also a chameleon yeah where i'm going oh yes john hawks is one of those people like chris cooper where i'm like wait holy shit is that him yeah Uh, because i saw his name in the in the opening credits and I think it was the second episode that I realized it was him. <laughs> like, he just looks so different from the last time I saw him. Apparently, Callie Reese is filming um, something that you'll be excited about. Yeah. Wind River, the next chapter. Oh, wow. I'm sure it's okay. going to have a different name. I hope it has a different name. 
but it is going to be a sequel, but Jeremy Renner will not be in it. Uh, but she's going to be in it. So that's exciting, because I know you really like that movie. No, I did. I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, I liked it, too, actually, when we finally watched it. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Um, well, you didn't recommend yours. I think we both... Ju- oh, uh, anything else I would like to talk about? Uh, Echo. Yeah, we finished Go Echo. Go watch that. <laughs> People didn't like it. I say, I, yes. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. Go watch the, all the shows about the indigenous women. Yes. Just go watch all the shows about the indigenous women. They're amazing, and they're and they're both the the I they're felt different. I like sure. seeing the performances by indigenous women as indigenous women, and this has been a good year for yeah. them. Since Killers of the Flower Moon, or last year was a good year for them, but and this too, the, this Echo. I'm never gonna Night not Country be flummoxed by mm. the fact that they found a deaf indigenous amputee who wanted to be on film. Right. Like, what? And who carries it? <laughs> She's very She's good. sharing scene, And that's the mark of a good actor. You know, this woman who's a, a boxer, Callie, right? Mm-hmm. She's sharing scenes with John Hawkins, or John Hawks, right? Uh-huh. Right? John Hawks with Jodie Foster. Yeah. She's sharing scenes with heavyweights. And she's not dropping out of character. Nope. She's not doing that thing when we watched... Uh, I remember when we watched Pulp Fiction, going back to Quentin Tarantino, it's like, you're probably, on some level, an okay actor, but you're not an okay actor where you can share a scene with Sam Jackson and John Travolta. Stop it. Who are just, like, (laughs) completely outshining you. Yeah. And it's the same thing here. It's the fact that she's in these scenes and she's really in it. um, That's amazing. The same thing with the actress who is in the... Who plays Echo. Echo. And I need to find her name. Alakwa Cox, she's holding scenes, or she's in scenes with Vincent D'Onofrio, who is an amazing actor. He's also so good in that character. Right. He was. He plays Kingpin in this, the way right. that he plays Kingpin and in all the Marvel As somebody things. who grew up watching Spider-Man cartoons, even back before the, they bought the comic books, it's like he is the embodiment of that character. He, he fully just is. runs with it. And apparently has said, I want to do it as long as right. I'm allowed. So. That's great. Uh, yeah, but anyhow, indigenous, right. indigenous women. Indigenous women. Go, go watch all the indigenous women. Uh, so that's going to be it for us. Uh-huh. Um, if you have anything to say to us, uh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you can reach us at latecomerspod at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Technically, we're on Twitter, but let's be real. So I want to remind you until next week and really every week. So please take your medicine. Stay dry, too. Also, yes, well, if you're in, well, by two weeks from now, it might be 105 degrees. Who could say? Global warming is awesome. We want to remind you, better, better late, late than, than never. never.